Do you ever think about how important makeup is in the world? The role it plays in movies, TV, magazines, and on the runway? Well, my guest today is going to talk just about that. He's a celebrity makeup artist and hair designer. He's worked with major brands and catalogs, newspapers, runways, film, TV, and commercials. Get ready because Tyrone Trailer is going to drop some secrets in the makeup industry and give you some tips about what's coming up in the future in the world of makeup. So sit back, enjoy, and listen to this episode of One Mike Night Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of One Mike Night Podcast with Marcus Luis. I want to thank you guys for all joining me and on this journey of introducing you to some of the most incredible people and artists in this world. Today is no exception, but first, before we do that, please, if you haven't subscribed, make sure you drop down right now, click that follow button, subscribe, share these episodes. There's so many incredible, incredible people that you need to meet and jump into the conversation with. Also leave a com comment down below and please, please go to Apple and leave a review. It always helps, five stars is always great. So today I'm gonna jump right in. I have the pleasure of talking to someone who is an incredible person, but he is a makeup artist. He's a hair designer. He is a makeup instructor for celebrities, for the lay people like myself and you. And he's here today to talk to us and give us some tips and a little bit about his journey. So please welcome Tyrone Trailer to One Mic Night. Tyrone, how you doing? Hey, Marcos. Hey, hey, everybody. How are you all today? Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on One Mic Night Podcast. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Listen. I have questions. The first question is, who is Tyrone Trailer? Wow. Um, who is Tyrone Trailer? How did I get into, you know, th this this great industry and everything um, that I do and am? So, um, a thousand years ago, um, a music arranger, producer, and actually the quest love of his time. I don't know if you know that. My dad was actually the percussionist on the Jack Parr show, which eventually became the Tonight Show. Okay. So, yeah. And, and my mom was one of the top four models in New York City in like the 40s. So that's kind of how they met. And 
um, I'm kind of a result of that, I guess. Yeah, so um, what happened was from the age of four, like when I could first talk, I, I wanted to be a doctor and my parents were so proud. You know, I could barely say the word doctor. Mm -hmm. And what do you want to be a doctor, doctor, doctor? Um, did the whole thing, went to Stuyvesant High School, which is like a major science school here in New York City. Um, went on, got accepted to Cornell, started pre-med and realized I hated it. <laughs> and, oh, I know that journey so well. You know, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, you know, and um, it was one of those things where for a minute I was like a little bit lost. So I did what anyone would do whose mother was a model and dad was a musician. I took acting classes. Mm, yeah. And it was during that time I was at HB Studios and there was an instructor. Her name was Kathy Burrell. Um, I'll always remember her. It's an, it's an important thing to you, I think, is to um, always say the names of the educators who influenced us right. through our lives, to keep them alive, keep their memory alive, and keep the history alive. Absolutely. And um, she, of course, you know, as an actor for theater, you had to know how to do your own makeup. And it was while I was sitting in that theatrical makeup course where the light bulb went off. And it was like, this is what I want to do. Hmm. You know, I, I found the craft that I wanted, the art that I wanted to use to, to tell a story. Interesting. To Did you find that, I mean, I think you hit on a couple of good points. First of all, I, I went along that same journey. I started out, you know, and thought I was going to be a doctor. That was my whole thing all along. And then finally, the light bulb, bulb went off. I have been doing theater all my life as well, but maybe you weren't doing theater, but I was doing it, but it wasn't really, it was like a hobby. I was, you know, I was good at it. I just did it, but it never occurred to me that I would be an actor or be in the entertainment industry. My, my goals were set on being a doctor. And then one day it just happened. Did you find, did your parents, your parents didn't sort of prod you towards, you know, the acting and the industry where they just sort of left you open to choose what you wanted to do? You know, I have to say that, and, and, and it's a lesson for anyone that I think is interested in being the best parent that they can be, is when, when conversations would come up with what I wanted to do with, with my future, because of course, you know, like any kid, I'd ask my father or my right. mother, yeah. you know, what do you want me to be when I grow up? And their answer always was, I want you to be happy. Mm, yeah. So, um, and but the, but then goes you know what what is happiness? Do you know at that point? I think you know when we're at that point, we're looking for someone to guide us, and then how do we go about finding the happiness? That's that's where the the question lies. Yeah. Well, that's still the question. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's Absolutely. the journey. I agree. You know, yeah. that's the journey. Mm -hmm. um, and and I have to say that I feel truly fortunate and, and some would use the word blessed um, to have at this stage in my life to be able to look back and say, wow, you know, I really found something that has fulfilled me, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, this yeah. entire time. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a young guy. You know, right. and so I often think about um, 
those that have gone before me um, and those that have not been on earth as long as I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so, you know, I can honestly say, looking back at my life, that at just about any point, if that had been my last day, everything up to that day was good, right. was fine. You know, and if this is my if this is my last conversation, don't cry for me tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I have led a life. Right. You know, which then gives me my next question. Did you feel like or do you feel like there was pressure on you to, you know, make it big or you know, be successful or any of those things by a certain age? I just had a conversation with someone yesterday who turned 30 and feels the pressure of not being successful and not being further along in their career, you know, than where they are right now. And I said, listen, I'm older than that. And I, I'm just figuring it out myself. No, you're not. Don't lie. <laughs> 32, 32. <laughs> did, you, did you feel the pressure? I mean, or do you feel the pressure? You know what? It, it, that's actually part of being 30 mm -hmm. and 20. I, I have more, I had more angst in, in that time of my life than I do now. Let me tell you something, because I know you're not at 50 yet, but way back when I hit 50, mm -hmm. I started using another word that begins with F a lot more, you know, right. when it came to certain things. Mm -hmm. And and it was like, you know what? Um, I thought it, I wanted that, but no, kind of like F that, you know? Yeah. Um, collecting my thoughts, give me a sec. That's okay, good. sorry. So, um, it's like, I think one of the things that I've learned over time is wherever you are in life, you are exactly where you need to be at that moment. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and a lot of times the universe has stuff in store for you that might not be exactly what you thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it turns out to be more than you ever thought you'd have. Exactly. And here's the zinger is that you have to remain open to receive that. You know, because a lot of times we get frustrated with, you know, doing and doing and doing and not seeing results, immediate results, immediate results, and being in a state of immediate gratification for certain things. When what is planned for us is, or what is going to happen is coming up in the future. You know, and, and I'm going to um, piggyback on that a little bit, because another thing that I think happens is that when you are younger and you perhaps have not experienced enough of life around you to really have a personal barometer if that makes sense yeah, sure. like i think a lot of times like when you're 20 you're worried about what the guy next door is wearing you're you're um you're measuring your self-worth mm -hmm in the scope of those around you. Yes. As opposed to, you know, what do I have? What makes me happy? Right. You know, because you will, you know, hopefully you will get to a point, you know, and I'm talking to the younger people here, hopefully yeah. you will get to a point where it's like, look, you know, you're, you're driving a Maybach, good for you. I'm glad that you have that Maybach. And you know what? I'm glad I have my Fiat and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm perfectly okay with that. I don't need that. I don't need those sneakers. I don't, because that's not what's going to make me happy. You know, what's going to make me happy is knowing that I have great friends like Marcos in my life. Right. 
you know, um, and, and people that love me and people that I love. And, you know, I have enough for me. I don't necessarily want your stuff. And I also don't want your problems because problems come with that stuff. And that's what people don't realize. Right. Yes. Yes, you know, yes, the, yes. The, the more that's in your bank, the more you got to worry about. Biggie Smalls, more money, more problems. That's right. That right. Yep. Right. You know, yeah. so, so I mean, you know, I'm really happy. And I think that it's important that wherever you are in life, whatever stage you are in life, it's important to take a moment, take a breath, you know, and just appreciate where you are at that time and it doesn't mean that you have to be on a yacht i happen to have been but you know it doesn't mean <laughs> that you know it, it has to happen when you're on on a right. yacht or something it could be that you you know you take a walk in the park right you know and you see the flowers and and you see um you know something calming maybe you live by you know a pond or a river here's the thing you you, you, you hit the nail right on the head because a lot of times, you know, people listen to those people who have already created, you know, success and success meaning monetary and financial success. And they're giving advice to other people and people are looking and say, how did you get to be so successful? How did you get to be so successful? Where, where, where does that come from? Where does that come from? You know, so, is it the mindset that people have? Is it the, yeah. Where does that come from? The question or the the being successful? Being successful. I mean, okay. people are saying, you know, um, well, you're so successful. How do I how do I um, become that? When I guess the answer really is, and, and this is what I'm throwing at you, is the answer uh, is it enjoy your journey, follow your own footprints, make your own footprints. You know what I mean? Or yeah, are you absolutely. trying to model your life after someone who's already attained some sort of financial gain? Because the bottom line is that there's only one of them. I, I think that there's a combination. I agree that there's only one of them, but none of them are original. Right. Yes. So it's one of the things that happens when I, when I teach, when I do my classes, mm -hmm. for example. Um, you know, there's a shot of Rihanna, I think, with cheetahs or lions or something mm -hmm. like that. And it was I, and it was like so great, so fresh, so new, something so different, and so daredevil. And I'm like, well, you know, there was this singer named Grace Jones, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. with leopards or lions right. in the '80s, and before that she kind of got it from this singer named josephine, josephine baker, baker. Yeah. that did it you know in the 30s who got it from ma rainey who did it in the 20s right. so that so it does evolve mm -hmm. and you can take yesterday and make it today i'm gonna get hate from people what i'm about to say but you know like people look at a beyonce right mm -hmm. yeah. and then you know you look at diana ross yes and yeah. you know it, it's it's a lot of the same parameters so i think it does make sense to look at people that have kind of achieved where you want to be mm -hmm. i mean my my person you know funny you mentioned that so so when i started doing makeup Mm -hmm. here, especially on the fashion end, there was a, a makeup artist, his name was Way Bandy. And I loved everything he did. I was totally inspired by him and um, wanted to 
you know, really, like his hand was the hand that I wanted mm -hmm. in the industry. And his muse was um, a uh, model named Brooke Shields, who did like famous Calvin Klein ads. I know you all are too young for that. But she <laughs> Um, later on in my career, I had the opportunity to do a job with Book Shields for Badgley Mishka. And it, it turned out really well, and we ended up doing a, a number of things together, a number of projects together. And one day I was doing Brooks makeup, and she looks at me and she goes, Do you know, have you heard of a makeup artist named Way Bandy? And I'm like, if I heard of him, he's like one of the reasons why I started doing fashion makeup. She mm -hmm. goes, really? I'm like, yeah. She goes, when I close my eyes and you do my makeup, it feels like it's him. Wow. And it was just like, wow. See, so it, so it does, in a way, it does recycle. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, back to going to your question as far as you know, how do you get there? What do you do? First thing you have to do is, you know, decide what success is for you. Yes. I think what success looks like for you. And once you envision that, um, it gives you something to work toward. And then the second thing is most of the people that I know that are really successful don't really work. Mm. Mm. Explain. What do you mean? So, for example, I did, a, I did a shoot not too long ago where I was on set. I had to be there every morning at 4.30. And I was there sometimes till 11 o'clock at night. For a lot of people, that's work. That's a lot of work. It's hard. It's long hours. I have to tell you that for me personally, I woke up every morning at three o'clock because I needed to get there by 4.30. I woke up every morning at three, three o'clock in the morning with joy in my heart mm. because I was going to do what I was passionate about doing. Right. And it wasn't work. It wasn't work. And so how do, that's, that's what people are searching for. How do they get to the point where they find where the passion is for them? So it doesn't become work. So it becomes, you know, a good feeling to go and do what you do. I think I think you have to bounce around a little bit. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of, of having, you know, of having youth or having time. And I, I'm saying youth and I shouldn't, you know, because, I mean, my uncle, uh, Vincent, who, you know, he didn't start acting until he was, what, uh, like 57? You know, and now he's getting calls all over the place for right, it. Yeah. But, you know, it was like, you find that thing, you find, and it comes at different times for different people, and it clicks, and all of a sudden, you're a success. And even before you start getting the monetary stuff, which, you know, you start behaving in a successful manner. You know, mm. I can't tell you how many times I walked into a room, and people are like, okay, well, you know, I know you're somebody. I don't know who you are, but I know you're somebody. Right, right. You know, and, and, it, and it's because I'm truly satisfied with life. Right. And it's, it's that, and it's all, yeah, the law of attraction also. Sure. You're attracting those things because you're putting out that energy. You're, you're putting it out. Yeah. And, if you, and if you're truly, I can speak from a personal level, 
a lot of people that in the industry have a reputation for being difficult to work with, I get along with fine. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why is because just like I have my passion, they have their passion. We see it in <clears> each other. We understand it in each other. It adjusts our approach right. when we work together. And because we're doing it with the same passion and the same commitment and want the same goal, it works. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know? Um, and you can't be fragile about it. Um, one of the things that happens a lot, I think, as artists in general, right? We have visions. You have a vision. I have a vision. And sometimes the vision that we have is not the vision that's going to sell the moment. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, and, and so it, if, it, it's not your, you know, there, there are times when it's like, okay, I need to be flexible. I need to adjust. You know, right. maybe, maybe, maybe this is not, you know, a, a, a fuchsia lipstick moment, you know, right. maybe it's a brown lipstick moment. I might not like brown lipstick, but if it works for this moment, and if it tells the story, then that's what you get. Right. And if it's what the directors asked me to do, that's what I'm doing. Right. Which then <clears throat> leads me to ask you how much, one, how much humility do you have to have in, in those cases, flexibility, and also how much does, how important does being a makeup artist or a hair designer play in the role of telling the story for whatever it's in, whether it's on the runway, whether it's theater, whether it's magazines? And I don't care whether it's, you know, an, an, an actor for a film, a model for a runway, or, you know, because I've had this experience, it's actually one of the most fulfilling experiences of my life, you know, working with, you know, abused women as mm. well. You know, it's, it's always about telling a story. With that woman that's been abused, it's about showing her how beautiful she is and that she's too beautiful to receive the treatment that she's received yeah. in that yeah. situation. You know, if, if, it's, if it's a model, you know, not all, um, not all runway makeup is pretty makeup. You know, sometimes it's, it's, again, it's telling a story. I mean, I've had times, I remember um, doing a job. I was on the team for Alexander McQueen um, with Val, Val Garland. And I remember there was a time where we basically were just pretty much throwing dirt on the models' faces, you know? And, and that was, you know, that was that moment. Um, in, in the story, uh, I'm, I'm laughing because there was an experimental film that I was booked for. And I'm like, okay, it's going to be some student nonsense. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> I get on set. The cast is Michelle Leo, um, Malachi McCourt, mm -hmm. and, um, was it Rob Lowe? I think it was Rob Lowe. It was like, you know, three major, major talent, right? right. And I'm on here, I'm like, oh, this is going to be, you know, whatever. And and I end up going on this set and it's like these major, major stars. And the, the director's, the director's father was well connected with everybody. So it became this really cool concept. And, and for this particular role with Michelle, it was really um, about... I'm sorry, I said Michelle, Melissa Leo. With Melissa, it was really just about, you know, 
finding, because of the era and the time and the character, it was literally just like a 1960s orangey red shade lipstick um, and some old mascara. Powder her down, no film. That was it for the end. But the thing about it was, you know, I, I had a discussion with her as to who she saw the character being. I had a discussion with the director as far as who he saw the character being. I married the two together. I did this as I was doing it, I remember, because it was supposed to be taking place like in um, like the Ozarks or something. So as I'm doing the makeup, my voice is slowly starting to take on the voice of one of those characters. And Mama left this lipstick here, so I'm gonna put a little bit on and see. And I'm doing this as I'm doing right, the makeup. Yeah. I and love that. When I turned around, she looked in the mirror. She's like, I see her. I know who she is. I love that. I love it. You know? Because the makeup is, is definitely a character in whatever project you're working on. Listen, when you're, when you're flipping through channels, right? Uh -huh. What is it that makes you stop on that one show? It's the right? Because you're looking at everything three seconds. Yeah. It's the way they look. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. It's the way they look. So you don't know the script. You don't know the storyline. Yeah. You know, you may not know the actors, but there's something that catches you visually mm -hmm. in that second. And and it and usually what it is is the fact that your your um, your hair, your makeup person, your wardrobe person, whoever the set designer was, they caught you. It all clicked together. It all worked together, and it got your attention. Absolutely, and it pulls you into the story. You know, and without that, you really don't have a story. You don't have a story. You don't. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's, it's always the behind the scenes that helps to create the character, sure. you know, and, and whether it's the wardrobe or the makeup or the hair, it's all those elements together that help tell the story. And I love that. Yeah, it's the collaboration. The collaboration. It definitely is a collaboration. The other thing um, that can mess up a story and we've we've all seen this happen right where you'll you'll see something and it's just like you know you were expecting so much more from that actress right or so much more and it's because it doesn't look right right and a lot of times what will happen because you were talking about egos before mm -hmm. a lot of times that'll happen it'll be like the talent's ego gets in the way you know and it's like yeah but i always wear shimmery eyes you know highlight on my cheek well, girl it's 1742 right now and you're right. running through the woods there is no go highlight <laughs> <laughs> right it's what's right for that moment it's for what's that right moment for the time. moment you know, and funny. that tends to happen and even a lot of times you'll look and see you know which productions stand the test of time and which ones don't right and, and the ones that stand the test of time tend to be the ones that are more true to period. Right. You know, it's Absolutely. why, it's why it's like, 80s films look like 80s films. You know what just came to mind is uh, Elizabeth Taylor when she was playing Cleopatra. Yes, mm -hmm. it's the wardrobe, but it's also that fucking eyeliner she had on, right? Absolutely. That was the makeup. The that makeup. It. That was it. Right. It was makeup. It yeah, was those are important things. You know, um, it, it, it absolutely creates the character. I'm, I'm going to tell uh, on you for a minute because there was a shoot, something that you and I did together. Right. 
you'll probably remember this, where the photographer asked me to pile makeup on you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know you. Right. And I know what you wanted to do. Absolutely. And I know what I wanted to do. And I know who you are. And because I know who you are, I know what you wanted to portray. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I went in a different direction on and that. And you were happy with it. I was happy. You were happy. Yep, I was very happy. You were the one that was paying for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. You, you got that right. Happy. <laughs> guess what? The photos came out bomb. They were yeah. so good, right? Yeah. Because of the makeup. That's what Because it, it looked, you know, because you look like you. You didn't I look, look like, like me. Right. You know, you didn't look like as as the directions were, I want you to paint him the way you would paint a woman. I'm like, right, no. He, that's not that's not the person that I know. Right. What do you have in your makeup bag? What do I have? Yeah. Bag? Okay. So just in general, what do you keep in a makeup bag? It, you know what? It really it 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 really depends on the job. I don't know. You can probably see all those boxes piled up over there. Mm -hmm. All of those are different makeup sets for different occasions. So um, I know I have something coming up, a pilot. Um, it's going to be with two pretty well-known actors. They're both, you know, because they're both men, they, you know, obviously I'm not going to be bringing right. my, my, my rouge, you know, yeah. or anything like that. I mean, unless they're playing Santa Claus or something like that. Right. Well, yeah, it, maybe. Right. Um, I've done that. Wait a minute. But, um, you know, what I always, what's always in my kit is great skincare. Mm. You know, what do you, what do you I, mean? In terms of cleaning well, or what? Yeah, I mean, as far as um, a good cleanser, a good moisturizer, um, there are certain brands I'm not going to plug, I am not going to plug them here. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there, there are brands that um, mattify and uh, moisturize at the same time. So you don't have to keep going in and powdering over and over again during the shoot. That's one of the things that I think is separates, you know, the, the, the real artists mm -hmm. from, the, um, from the, the kids that call themselves makeup artists. If you have to go in on a set like 20 times during the shoot and retouch, you didn't set something right in the first place, in my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion. You know, because, you know, every time you go in on set, I mean, there have been even times where the actress might look a little shiny or something, and I let it go. Because at that moment, there's some kind of magic happening right. between the, the actress and the director or between the camera and the action on set. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that action is really a little bit more important than whether the nose is a tiny bit. That's a good point. Yeah. When I'm on set, I hate that. I hate when the makeup artist bounces in and, and just, you know, kills that moment because I'm in a zone and somebody comes in and starts messing with my face and just kind of takes me out of what yeah. I'm trying to do as an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's times where it's like, no, the magic's happening. Mm -hmm. let, let this, you know, let this moment happen right now. And when, when they cut the scene, I'll go in and touch up a little bit if, you know, if necessary, but that moment needs to be on film. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Now, do you have, how do you, how do you determine, okay, so people of color have different shades. I've always had problems. As a model, I, I can't even tell you how many times I would show up for a job and 
even even some of the makeup artists of color didn't even have the right colors because right. I'm dark skin with a yellow undertone. They they weren't prepared, so I always had to take my own makeup to these shoots. What do you? How do you? How do you solve those problems? What do you do? Are you always prepared? Or what? I'm laughing. <laughs> it's, I'm laughing it's a problem. So when I was working years ago at CNN, mm -hmm. um, there Carlos Watson walked in, and you know he had his stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that's not your stuff, and I you know kind of corrected what was going on. Dr. Ian Smith mm -hmm. came in like, right after him and he says to me and puts down, you know, his foundation, this is what I wear. And I go, all right. And then I go to my kit and get what I get. <laughs> okay, this is, you know, you're good. You're good. He goes, and he goes, I'm not surprised because I saw what you did with Carlos, mm, you know, yeah. um, just before. So the the answer is, I think that I personally think that every actor, I don't care what your skin tone is, if you you should figure out what your go-to foundation is, and you should always have that on hand right. anyway, as a just-in-case, as a backup. I think things have gotten better as far as people understanding skin tones and undertones and how to work with them and how to handle them. I think that we are progressing. The other, you know, but there, there are a number of things at play here. As you know, I mean, I taught at, um, at Makeup Designery Mud, which is like the, the, the biggest makeup school in, um, I guess the world, because they're all over yeah. the world and stuff yeah. now, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the big problems was that there aren't enough of us attending those schools. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, the only skin that you're getting to work on is pink skin. Gotcha. You know, when you go out yeah. into the industry. My advice for anyone who really wants to be a makeup artist, and they're not going to like it, and I don't really care, is you have to spend a couple of years behind the counter in a makeup store. And why, you know, why do you say a, that? a Sephora that? or whatever, because <clears throat> it will give you the experience of working with a multitude of products, right? Because I think that most stores, I think most stores now do the, um, what do they call that? There are two different models, right? One where you where you work for one line and mm -hmm. one where you kind of work for the store and use the all store. the line. Yeah. Yeah. And I intersell. So a lot of times you might be, you know, working with one line, but you can sell anything in the store. So that's the situation where I would suggest they get into, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that you are playing with every single thing that's in that store. And then so so you've got product experience and can probably build your kit because a lot of times the reps come in and will teach you about the latest product or something and give it to you. Okay, so you're building your kit, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two, you're working with every skin type and every age. Because not every model is going to walk in, be 16 years old with flawless skin. Right, yeah, yeah. And you need to know what to do for someone who's 16, but you also need to know how to handle someone who's 86. And you have to know someone, 
you know, be able to work with someone who's stressed out out of their minds and someone who's cool and chill. So you need the experience, the interpersonal experience of dealing with different people and dealing with personalities. Right. And like you said, those people who are insistent upon wearing a certain thing and, you know, this is how I always wear it. And then how to be able to deal with them in a way where you get... Yeah, you have to have that experience because, you know, makeup is not, I mean, yes, it's the art, but it's also the psychology. Right. It is. You know, that goes behind it. And that's, the, to me, that's the only way you can get it. And to, and to be quite frank, I would rather, if I were going to hire an assistant, I would probably hire someone who would work behind a counter in a makeup store for a couple of years before I'd hire someone fresh out of a makeup school. Hmm. To be honest, for those reasons, that's interesting. Yeah, because because they've dealt with people, they are going to understand how this works, right? In a way that most people, you know, you'll get the exception, the one person that does it, but you know, you really need that experience, right? It's life experience, and it's how all of us learned before there were such things as makeup schools, right? Now you've worked on, um, you worked in different facets of, of entertainment on TV shows. You worked for Rosie O'Donnell, Queen Latifah, you know, Anderson Cooper, all those people. You worked at New York Fashion Week. Do you have a preference? Do you have a, is there one that you like a little bit better? Magazines, catalogs. You know, I have to say, I'm glad that I've experienced it all. I like all of it. Um, at this time in my life, If I'm doing fashion, I'm crossing over between fashion to almost avant-garde art. Mm. If if I'm going to work in that venue, I'm going to do it. And also, if I work in that venue, I have to have a little bit more control than I did back in the day. You know, like um, a a lot of times in the industry, people will do... um, what they call test shoots or shoots that, you know, basically aren't paying. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly if I'm going to do a test shoot or an experimental shoot or something like that, then I need to have control of, of, of the makeup because otherwise why am I doing it? It's not, it's not doing anything for you. It's not doing anything for me. Right. Do you have a favorite celebrity look that you like? Is there one right now that you like? Hmm. Is there, I'm sure there's several out there. That there are. There are. It, it's hard. Different to times, yeah. Um, I mean. Because people change anyway, but, you know, I think. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're yeah. so, you know, they're, they're, they're so different. You know, two people. So there are two artists that stand out to me just in general as far as looks and a career and they're on different sides of the spectrum but not really Queen Latifah and Lady Gaga really really why well Dana stands out Queen Latifah stands out because Even when I didn't work directly with her, 
I learned some really cool lessons from her. You know, I learned, you know, there are a group of us that didn't grow up in the easiest community. And we had to kind of figure out how to negotiate one life that we knew as we were entering into a totally different world. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things a lot of people don't know about her is that, you know, even back when she was doing the hip hop, she was investing in a lot of different types of businesses. You know, she actually owned a bunch of, you know, well, okay, again, here we go, here I go talking about my age. <laughs> but, you know, before you could just stream stuff online, right. you actually had to go to a store to rent a video to take home to put in your video machine, and then you would take it back to the store and get another video and, you know, pay a dollar, whatever, unless you were late, in which case you had to pay $3,528. Formerly known as Blockbuster. Blockbuster, yeah. <laughs> but uh, in Jersey City, city. <laughs> I mean, that was not for you. But in Jersey City, she actually owned a majority of those stores there. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, um, oh, what's the guy's name? There's a rapper. Ice-T? No, no, no. Uh, Double D is his um, um, company. Jadakiss. Jadakiss lived in the building that I lived in in Yonkers. And one day I was going over to the car wash and it's like Double D car wash. And it never dawned on me. That was his car wash. Oh, wow. So, you know, but... What I was going to say from, you know, from Dana, it was like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks early on. Mm -hmm. Look, this might not last forever. So instead of, I can't tell you how many people I know in my industry, when, you know, you would get a gig that paid $3,000 for their, you know, day or yeah. whatever, you know, and it would go straight up their nose. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, where it was like, you know, no, you're investing in property. You're investing in that other thing that if right. this doesn't pan out, yeah. you know, Listen, I've always wanted to be an artist. I was determined I would not be a broke artist. Yeah. You know, or a struggling artist. Absolutely. That was not the plan. Not a plan. You that know, was not the plan. Right. And, you know, and for, and for um, those that think that there is some sort of um, ethereal honor in struggling for years and years and years, you know, to, to get. Um, to become a success, a monetary success in the industry, you keep playing that lottery card if you want to, right. but I'm banking my stuff. Right, right. You're investing in other things. Right. There's nothing wrong with having your career, you know, or your passion, but still financing your passion because that financing, talking about success, that outside financing, right, is what gives you the freedom. Gives you the leverage and the freedom to freedom. do your to do art. your craft. That's it. You do your craft. It. And That's then it. if you're doing your craft in that sort of comfort, as opposed in, to struggling, right. if you're doing your craft in comfort, the, the 
the likelihood of success within your craft, I feel is greatly improved. Absolutely. I mean, we hear about one or two stories where people who are successful financially have lived in their cars and they, you know, didn't have any food to eat. Okay, that's one in thousands. You know, I'm not, I personally am not trying to do that. I need to have water, lights, food, you know, certain other things. I got to have a shower before I go to my audition. I got to have something to eat. Otherwise, my son is going to be grumbling, rumbling in the, in the audition room. You know, you have to, you have to have these things in order to, keep your your career and your craft on path so yeah, yeah I know people I, I, that are like you know um you know in their in their 50s you know that are like like you said worried about the lights being on tomorrow right. yeah you know no you take care of the lights first and then you can go on you know with your career but that's right or, or do them simultaneously there's no or, there's no there's no shame right. in having a job you know working at sephora and doing your makeup at the same time Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's what it's meant for. You know, and, and so what I've done over the years when I made that kind of money, you know, yeah. I invested in real estate and did some other things so that at this point I have the, the you know, I am the success or whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, I, I can do the gigs. I can pick and choose what I want to do. It's funny because um, I've had conversations with other artists sometimes you know, over um, rate, well, you know, you, your rates are so high. Well, this is what my rate is. If right. you think you can get what I'm offering for less, go for it. But this is what's going to make me feel good. There are people that make more than me. Again, that's where the F word comes in. That's fine. Make right. more. Make more. I'm happy with where I am. Where you are. In the industry. What does Tyrone have coming up in the future? Are you working? Are you planning a makeup line? Are you, what are you okay, doing? Okay, you know, put my business out. In the I know, I'm asking. Yeah, no, this no, no, is, no, I'm yeah, asking. Yeah. I'm asking. So um, there is, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because even before this, um, I've been, my, my partner and I have been working on um, a line that... There's so many times that I go on a set or I see something in a product and I'm like, well, you know, if this just did this or if this just had this, it would be perfect. And I'm kind of at a place now where it's like, I'm, I'm, if you see my kit, it's really, what I will say about my kit, because you asked me that before. Right. If you look at my kit, it's actually really small compared to a lot of people. Like when I see a makeup artist walking with 10 cases of stuff behind them, I'm like, Unless it's for like, unless it's fashion week and you're doing 40 different shows. So you have to have all the, you know, all those different, all that product for all those different looks that you're doing that week. And so you're just carrying them from show to show that I kind of get. But if you're like on, you know, most movie sets, mm -hmm. you know, or even actually even most photo shoots, it, it if you have a pretty clear set plan of what you're going to do in your head, then all I need is my basic stuff and my just in case stuff, which all fits in. I mean, I could literally work out of like a, I, in fact, I used to carry those um, toolkits. Right. Yeah. yeah. The construction workers use. Yeah. I can mm -hmm. fit everything in one of those, you know, um, I, I'm not a big fan of, I know it's a whole thing. I think it's one of the reasons why I probably don't do 
fashion the way a lot of people do fashion these ways because I'm not going to be that guy that's going to walk in with like four pieces of Louis Vuitton luggage, you know, right. as a, you know, as an artist. It's just not my thing. It's not my, and if it's your thing, good. I hope that, you know, I hope it works for you. I hope, you know, I, kudos to you. You know, I love the presentation. I love the drama. It's not me. Not you. It's not me. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I, so ha keeping that in mind, it kind of gives you an idea of when I say line, you know, what, I, what I'm working toward. Working toward. We are working toward a line um, that's going to be super um, easy to use for artists. Um, but the everyday person can get something out of it too. Okay, that's good. And What's really interesting about it? Let's go. Me, Here we go. Here we go. I see it. I see it coming. It's. It would be pretty much impossible to transfer bacteria from one person to another. Oh, okay. With the way that we're putting the line together, okay. and that's what I'll say about that. I like that. I like that because a lot of times you worry about that kind of stuff. I know I've gotten. Well, that's the part of yeah. being a makeup artist that, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah, the colors and the, and the beauty and the drama, that's great. But remember, I started pre-med. I started right. as a doctor. Yeah. So germs freak me out. Yeah. You know, well, and, it, and it's always been something I've cared about is, you know, I don't want to transfer some, I don't want to give you, you know, her cold sore. Right. Or, you know, and, and I want to make sure that what I'm putting on your skin isn't harming your skin. Right. You know, again, it's not 1868 where I'm putting arsenic on your cheeks to make them red or whatever, or belladonna exactly. on your eyes to make them white. You know, we're not doing that. Right. Interesting. Real quick, before we go, any quick tips for the ladies out there for makeup, just everyday wear? I mean, I know it changes Let's with the trends, but. Cool. Cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if I was going to give, you know, I'm gonna to try to say this without being excessively political, but it's gonna come across as such, so oh well. Um, again, I'm at the age that everyone came speak up. The truth, that. speak your but, truth. You know, but the, the, the reality is that I don't think that we are, <laughs> um, I, I don't think that we're past a place where um, masks are not gonna be necessary, let's say. Mm -hmm. okay. I know that in my community, we, we, we still mask, we still are wearing masks, we still, um, whether we're vaccinated or not, we're still taking the precautions. Um, because, you know, I don't want my 11 year old neighbor who can't be vaccinated to get sick. So I'm going to do what I need to do to protect them. Right. Um, as a result of that, I think that the emphasis right now is really on eyes. And um, I think, you know, for most women, if you got maybe an eye color that was close to your skin tone with maybe a little bit of like a metallic, like a gold metallic in it, brush that across the lid, do a liner, throw on a lash, you're good to go because nobody's going to see this. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. you know, so I think, you know, if, if, if you look to that, um, I think that's a really just cool, basic look to have. Um, if you are using lip colors, my prediction would be that the matte and long lasting lip colors 
are going to be the ones that are going to be more popular right now because they tend not to move on your lip or all over the mask. You know, when, when, you, when, you, when you've got a covering on your right. face. Yeah. Um, skin is always the most important thing to me because your skin reflects your health. Look, you know, as, as I always say, and I'll leave this, leave us with this, I guess, is that your skin is what is known as a secondary sexual characteristic, okay? So when you look at someone, the first thing you look at is, oh, okay, woman, or, okay, guy. And, and you know, because whether we, you know, want to admit it or not, Throughout our lives, you're always sizing up potential mates. I'm not saying you're fool. if you're married, you're married, you're happy, all that. You're still sizing everybody else up. Right, it's sure. what we do, yeah. you know? And so the first thing, oh, woman. Oh, okay, guy. The very second thing you look at is the skin and the hair. And why? Because your skin and your hair is reflective of your health. They're the first indicators of your health. And so... Your skin has to look its healthiest. So I think it's a big time for skincare. I think it I think as far as makeup trends, it's a big time for eyes. And I think lips are kind of taking a little bit of a back burner right now. But if you're gonna do a lip, it's probably gonna be something that's matte and long lasting. All right. Well, there you have it. Tyrone trailer tells you what the tips are for makeup. Tell everybody how they can and find the color, you. The color of the skin. Go ahead. Oh, how can they find me? Okay. Yeah, uh, um, so there's um, Tyrone Trailer on Instagram. And actually, by the time this airs, um, Tyrone Trailer Makeup will be on in Instagram. Because I was asked to stop telling so much of my personal life and put my professional stuff on one. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. There is a Facebook page, but nobody ever uses Facebook anymore. Right. But Tyrone Trailer Hair and Makeup is out there right. as well. Actually, go to Tyrone Trailer Facebook page if you want to start to uh, be with him on the community of makeup and makeup tips. That's what the Facebook page is used for. But definitely follow Tyrone Trailer on Instagram and now Tyrone Trailer on Instagram and makeup. Trailer makeup. Makeup. There you go. Everybody, I want to thank you, Tyrone, for spending some time and, and giving us some tips and sharing your, your, your journey with us. Everyone, please make sure you follow Tyrone on the social media. You can follow us at One Mike Knight. One Mike Knight is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. Go to the .com, find out what we do. We also, at One Mike Knight, just received a grant from the city of New York. So One Mike Knight will be doing its live series once again. So check back with us for that. You can follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Also go to the .com and see what I have coming up. I'm back on stage off Broadway. And I have two films coming out soon. So make sure you follow me. Thank you for joining me for this episode of One Mike Night Podcast with Marcos Luis. See you next time. Woo!